Welcome to Marketing Thought Leadership, the podcast that offers insightful discussions on thought-provoking marketing topics. Here's the host of our show, marketing consultant, speaker, author, and educator, and the president of L2M Associates, Linda Popke. Hi, this is Linda Popke, and welcome to our latest episode of Marketing Thought Leadership. We're here today with Val Swisher of Content Rules. She founded the company recognizing that even the largest companies often don't have the technology, the people, and the expertise to create content that's global ready. She founded her company in 1994, and it's grown considerably. She now has uh, nearly 200 customers, an extensive network of contractors, and quite a few full-time employees as well. Val is a past member of the Society for Technical Communication and the Localization Industry Standards Association, and she's a frequent speaker on how to create, standardize, and get your content ready for the demands of the global marketplace. Before uh, founding Content Rules, she held management positions in technical documentation and training at Synoptics and 3Com. Thank you, Val, for joining us today. Thank you, Linda. It's great to be here. Terrific. So first of all, let's talk about this whole content creation thing. And not only are you talking about creating content in general, but you're focusing on globalization of content. So what are you seeing in terms of trends in the marketplace specifically about making content global? Good question. Uh, you know, years and years ago, 10 years ago, which is like the dark ages, uh, right. the world wasn't quite so flat, and companies really uh, weren't noticing the imperative to make their content that surrounds their products and services global. Uh, the thought back then was everybody speaks English and we're going to ship our product, we're going to ship our software, and everybody will just learn it in English. And as time has gone on uh, and companies really have to reach out across more and more borders, content in English is no longer acceptable. Uh, where com countries say, if you want me to buy your product, I need to understand it in my native language. So I'm really seeing a trend of more companies that are globalizing, meaning localizing and translating their content into more languages, even the small companies, the large companies, the IBMs, the Cisco's, they've been translating for a long, long time, but now I'm really seeing SMB companies having to do the same thing. So that's interesting. So it, it's not just large companies, but it's smaller companies as well. Can you talk for a moment about how you explain for us the difference between globalization and localization? Because I think those are two concepts that get confused quite a bit. Yeah, you know, there, there are actually four different concepts that get confused. Globalization, localization, internationalization, right. and translation. Um, and there are really good definitions on wikis and even uh, in my blog. But basically, globalization refers to uh, everything around what you need to do to look at the rest of the world. It's okay. not targeted on any specific piece of the puzzle. Um, companies looking to globalize in many ways, they can send their product development offshore. They can uh, send their content development offshore. Um, you know, they can look at offshore 
as a place to uh, supply services to them and a place for them to provide products and services for customers. So globalization is really very, very big. Okay. Localization, on the other hand, is very specific. When you take content and you localize it, you're actually uh, – let me, let, me, let me say this. Translation is when you take the words in one language and you put those words into another language. Right. That's translation. Localization takes it farther. It's not just that you're taking the words, but you're also – taking into consideration the culture, the kinds of idiomatic expressions that don't translate, or a great idiomatic expression in French that wasn't in English. Localization really takes into account how the culture, the norms, the mores, the ethics, all play in to what you're sending out globally. Got it. Okay, good. That's great. That's, I think that's important. Mm-hmm. No. So when you look at, at globalizing content, are you actually talking about globalizing it, localizing it? Um, I'm, I know you're doing more than just translating it. Yes. So, so yes, yes, and yes. Um, what, what I'm seeing is that companies who don't understand how to really reach their global target market with their content – they're really getting um, confused and going down the wrong path because they just don't know. Um, when it, it's more than just taking the words and putting them into the other language. You really need to focus on what you wrote to begin with. So what I'm seeing in the marketplace is that companies are trying to localize and translate content that was written in English that is not translatable. Um, What Content Rules does is we specialize in optimizing content prior to the localization and translation process. That's what we mean by global-ready content. The content has been uh, scrubbed, if you will, with a scrubbing brush, uh, and optimize so that when it goes through the localization process and translation process, the quality of the translations is much better, the cost of translating that content is much cheaper, and the time it takes to do the translation and ultimately get to market uh, is also uh, much faster. So just like many other areas, the more upfront work you do, the less you've got to do down the pike when it's, it's closer to market and, and cost more. Oh, absolutely. I've, I've seen, I, I don't have the numbers at my fingertips, but there are numbers out there that essentially say uh, if you take a sentence and you fix it while you're writing it, it costs a penny to fix it. And as it goes through the food chain, it gets more and more and more and more expensive to fix that sentence because more people are involved, you have review cycles, maybe you try to translate it, it goes back to the in-country reviewer, they do it again, it just ends up costing a fortune the longer you wait in the process to fix it. And That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. What companies are doing today, because they're, they're, they're not acting on it, the general 
process or workflow, if you will, is that writers, whether it's marketing content or it's technical content, it doesn't matter. Writers create their content, and it may go out for review you know, to different product managers, whatever, and then they consider it done. It's finished. The content is done, and they are done with it. It's checked in. They've published it on the web, wherever it's gone. At that moment in time, that's when the work of the localization team begins. And for them, that's the new project. And what ends up happening at that point is they take the content and they work with the content and send it out to translation. And let's say you're translating into 13 languages, right. very common today. It goes out to uh, multiple translators and even perhaps machine translation, and then each translator or post-editor, if it goes through machine translation, works on a different language. Right. And then that person iterates back and forth with someone who's in the country, usually, that they're translating for. Usually it's a person of your company who happens to live in, I don't know, Japan, and they iterate until they get it right. And you end up with 13 different versions, and you have no idea if any of them match the English. And depending on the language and how well it was written, it can be a very difficult, time-consuming, costly project. And that's like the way it's generally too. You've got as oh. it gets further and further away, what you thought you said is not necessarily what comes out to the local customer. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And this really is how it's done. It's, it's amazing, and companies are throwing money at translation. They don't understand why it's costing so much, but they're just throwing millions and millions. In the U.S. alone, the translation industry is getting towards the $30 billion mark, and the U.S. is not even 50% of the translation market. That was billion with a B. Billion with a B. Wow. We're getting, we're creeping every year closer to 30 billion, and we represent 48% of the global translation market. Wow. And this is huge, huge amounts of money. That's amazing. So, so obviously that's, that's a challenge that customers are facing. Tell us about some of the other challenges that you find your customers are, sh are facing as they're shipping more product globally and they're trying to globalize um, their content. You know, there, there are numerous challenges that customers face. Uh, at the top of the list are skyrocketing translation costs. I mean, that's, that is the number one problem that, that customers face. But in addition to that, you end up with serious quality issues. And the quality issues can affect your support costs because now all of a sudden a person can't understand what it is you want them to do, and now they're picking up the phone and they're calling your tech support department. It also has a big impact on the brand. It's really important to preserve the brand as you go from country to country. And it's really important that the quality of the translation doesn't affect the overall quality associated with the brand. How often do we buy an appliance that comes with instructions and you know that the instructions were written in some other country. That's and, right. It's, you know, it's, not, it's English, but it's not English. Yep. Yep. And if I spent $400 on a coffee maker and the instructions are written 
so poorly that, you know, you can usually figure it out, but you're laughing to yourself. That's not acceptable. It's not, you know, it, it's not acceptable at, at any price point. And it really affects the brand. It affects the brand acceptance in other markets. I mean, translation errors, there's all kinds of bloopers out there of translation errors that people weren't thinking when they, when they translated the content in a marketing campaign and all of a sudden, you know, it's some embarrassing debacle. Right. You know, that, you know so it really has an impact on your brand. It has an impact on your perceived value in the marketplace. Poorly translated and localized content can lead to very unhappy customers as well. So it's not just the technical instructions of, you know, how do you turn on the thing. It's the whole, every piece of content that surrounds what you're trying to sell. Got it. Got it. So, that, so it's really, I mean, there's a lot, a, a lot at stake here. I mean, when we talk about the brand, which is one of my favorite areas to, to focus on, uh, when you go off and, and do these things that are kind of off the beaten path and kind of take a trajectory where you don't want to go, it's almost impossible sometimes to get the genie back in the bottle and, and get the brand back to where you want to be. So what are you recommending the customers do to confront these challenges before they get out of control? The main thing that I recommend is that you make sure that your content is ready to be localized and translated. And there are specific things that you can do that seem almost silly, but there are specific things. We have a particular service, the Content Rules, that we call pre-translation editing, where we edit specifically for the things that affect the quality, the cost, and the time to market of translation. And I'll give you a few examples. Um, one example, and it's the one that I run into the most frequently with all of my customers, are long sentences. Mm -hmm. When you, I, it, it we seems, get wordy. We get verbose. We get right. verbose. And, it, it, you know, it seems like something that we don't think about at all. But once you get a sentence that has more than, say, 25 words, maybe 24, 26, you know, in the 25-word arena, you are entering into the area where it's almost impossible and often impossible to translate. I have seen websites where the the paragraph that describes what the company does has, I'm not exaggerating, 62 words. Wow. Now, I can't figure out what they do. It's <laughs> probably all one sentence, right? It's all one, one sentence, yep. Run-on sentence. And by the time you're at the end of the sentence, you can't figure out what it's referring to, and to try to translate that doesn't work. It yep. doesn't work. So that's a very simple thing that everyone can do right now today is just write shorter, simpler sentences. Remove the words that don't add any value. And another thing, in specifically this is more focused on technical content, is to say the same thing the same way every time you say it. When, yeah, when we were back in grade school and we were learning how to write, uh, you know, just in, in basic writing class, 
we were taught not to say the same thing the same way twice. Always to mix up the words, use a big vocabulary. In the translation world, that is extremely expensive. Once you've paid to have a sentence translated into a certain language, as long as it has the same words, you never have to pay to have that sentence translated again. But if you say that sentence four different ways, then you have to pay per language four different times to have that sentence translated. That's interesting. And, and how, many, how many languages does a typical company have to translate into in this day and age? Well, the minimum that I see is four, which would be French, Italian, German, Spanish, Romance languages. They call it figs. Okay, so that's, that's just Europe, though. That doesn't deal with Asia. Just Europe. And then in Asia, you know, you, there's a, a Chinese, Japanese, Korean, CJK, uh-huh. that you see. So uh, most companies are translating into at least those seven languages. Right. That's very typical. But uh, the larger companies... I, I was at a seminar with Microsoft a couple of years ago. They were translating into 127 languages. Wow. So today I can't even imagine. There are thousands of languages. It's, it's just incredible. I think in India alone there are hundreds of languages. It, it's, the, the dialects can be so specific. I met with someone this week from Spain, and she was telling me about all the different Spanish Versions. I mean, I knew there's Portuguese, Spanish, you know, different in Latin America, but even just in the country. Right. Wow. This is fascinating. So let's talk a little bit specifically about marketing materials. What are the special circumstances as a marketer when we talk about globalizing marketing materials? What should we be preparing as we're going global? And, and obviously I, I heard a couple things about making sure you're ready in advance. Uh, try to say the same thing the same way, which is hard for us sometimes as marketing people. But what other advice could you tell us, or what special things do you see kind of happening in the marketing arena that we should be aware of as marketers? The marketing content is, uh, has a lot of special circumstances. It is much more difficult to localize and translate marketing material than it is technical material. I mean, if, if, if you need to click OK or the light flashes three times, it's very straightforward. But marketing tends to be emotional. It, it's, you know, a good marketing message pushes some button somehow. Um, and buttons that are pushed, things that ha- involve any type of human reaction, are very different from country to country to country. And I have seen numerous marketing campaigns that were really cute and spot on, spot on even. You can't translate the words, you know, that phrase, spot on. <laughs> what does spot on what, mean? What does that mean? Chinese. Right? Yes, exactly. We know what it means, but it means nothing right. in other countries. That you just, you completely lose the punch. And the translation itself makes no sense. Um, one that comes to mind, there was a company that had Ready, Set, Go. Ready, Set, Go, we understand in English, but it, it doesn't translate. Ready, Set, Go doesn't make any sense in another language. You can't, you know, it's very, very difficult. What I am seeing is that the companies that really care, <laughs> really, really care about their global customers, Use a process that we call trans-creation. 
that it's it's a term that's come into vogue in the past couple of years and trans creation basically takes the notion of localization and translation a step further when you trans create your content you actually work with the messaging and the visuals to target specific countries and specific cultures so uh rather than trying to take Ready, Set, Go and translate it into Swahili, you actually go and, you know, you, you work with people who know what the culture that you're trying to, to market to um, is going to, to react to so that you actually change parts of your message so that it matches the culture of the company, and you can hit whatever emotional trigger you were looking for. This is a process that is very time-consuming and very expensive to do. Most companies, um, unless you have a real dedication or, or you see that your, your uh, global market or certain countries represent such a large part of your marketplace, um, most companies don't spend the money on it. But I'd like to, to point out one uh, website, my favorite website, where trans creation uh, is done so beautifully. And that's the website for Lush Cosmetics. Ah, okay. Yeah, if, uh, I have the URL in, in a couple of blog posts and interviews that I've done. But when you go out to the homepage of Lush Cosmetics, you're presented with a page that has country names and flags. It's pick your country. And depending upon the country that you pick, not only is the website in that country's language, but the visuals are different. The placement of things are different. Um, even the products that they're featuring are different. It's amazing to look at what they do for uh, France versus what they do for Japan. It's completely different. Um, in Japan or in some of the Asian countries, their layout tends to be much more blocky, which uh, is really in line with what you see when you're in that country. Um, the visuals, some countries you would never have a picture of a person. You certainly right. wouldn't have a picture of a woman. Other countries, you would. You, you know, the advertising in France, very different than advertising you know, in, in other countries, in Arab countries. So um, Lush has done a great job of this, uh, and clearly they see the value in transcreation. But that's, transcreation is the only way to guarantee that your message will be appropriate for your target global audience on a culture-by-culture -culture basis very difficult to, tr to just translate and localize marketing material. I think if you don't have the funds for transcreation, I think it's really important that when you're working on your marketing message and you know you're going to have to translate it into seven languages or 13 languages, you really avoid the idiomatic phraseology. You find some other way to say it that is simple and can be translated. If you do everything around Ready, Set, Go, you're going to really be in trouble. <laughs> you know? um, so you really need to think about the fact that a lot of what we say here in U.S. English has no meaning anyplace else. Important to know. 
This is such a fascinating subject, and we could talk about it for hours. But I'm going to I'm going to let Val go right now and say thank you so much for sharing all of these things. It, it's uh, it's amazing how the world has changed so much, and uh, and we've gone from uh, you know expecting the world to speak in, in our language and our way of doing things to really giving people what they want in the way that they expect to get it. So thank you, Val. We appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Linda. It's been a lot of fun talking to you. Great. This is Linda Popke for Marketing Thought Leadership, and we'll see you next time. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Marketing Thought Leadership, brought to you by L2M Associates. If you'd like to find out how you can improve the return on your investment in marketing programs, processes, or people, Contact us at www.l2massociates.com.